Welcome to Sub Rosa. All right. What's the question today, Eugene? What have you got? Okay, so it's about a dynamic, right? And and this is stuff that you can't you can't even do a book on. This guy is um, is is he? Let's just call him a character. He's a character guy, a very large personality, very very florid, but very good at what he does. And he's coming to a place with a lot of um, I'm just going to editorialize and call them gray mediocrities, right? But tonally, the gray mediocrities match the boss, who's a very risk averse, very, very, you know, doesn't want to make any ripples. Not at all what this character guy is about. So this character guy gets shipped, gets sent to sent off to Edinburgh to do to do something. And in the middle of the meeting, it is revealed partially as a result of his agency. uh, But somebody else kind of brought it up that what he's done was the work of 12 people in solving a problem that they've been working on for the past 12 months. So the guy who was brought in to take his job, who is more personality bound to the boss, um, hates him. <laughs> and and he can feel that the, the wheels are turning where they're trying to figure out how to get rid of him. But being that he just solved a problem that they've been screwing around with for the past 12 months, and saved him a bunch of money and did this thing. Um, he he's he he's now trying to get it publicly recognized. He's trying to get, you know, put some stakes in the ground so when they try to rip him up, it makes it much harder to do that. And he's gone to one of the guys he's friendly with and said, I need you to identify that moment in the meeting when it was realized that I've done, you know, like this grand Eureka reveal and he's found a guy who's willing to do it and to and and he's he's like on the one hand, I know it will alienate the mediocrities, who also includes his boss. On the other hand, I, I think it makes me impossible to get rid of. And I said, nobody's impossible to get rid of. You want to do like Machiavelli said, not make enemies. But if what you're doing is for the good of the company, I, I see ultimately these guys are going to have to fold or, or move on from you uh, so they can keep doing what they're doing without being threatened by your, you know, your alpha stuff. Um, and that's the advice I gave. But I was not entirely sure... Um, I mean, he's a character, so I'm trying to corral him and not send him out to battle. Like, ah, yeah, I'm going to smash these guys. No, I just, you know, this guy, you know, tranquila, right? Relax and go. But, um, but he now has somebody to back his play. So when you have a boss who clearly likes an underling better than you, you know, um, he's trying to remove himself from the equation by just being a great worker. Uh, and it's weird to say that I don't think that that's going to be enough to keep the job. I don't think it's going to be enough to keep the job either. And, you know, and I think, I think it's kind of a rookie mistake because I thought that too. Right. And I've talked about this before. Like I was, I started out in sales and I had this, this salesperson's hubris. Like if I'm way over the goal that you told me, then Mm -hmm. I'm fine. You can't fire me because I'm making more money than you even thought I was going to make. And that has not proven to be true. Right. And, and in fact, yeah. I think part of the question, part of the challenge is if you are an outstanding performer, it makes mm-hmm. other people threatened mm-hmm. and it makes them. And that when you have that kind of threat, which is essentially a fear response, fear mm-hmm. is one of the most corrosive things that can happen in any business environment. And so yeah. if, if he is making other people nervous because mm-hmm. he is doing the work of multiple people, those nervous people have fear and they're going to just keep being afraid and they will, they will spit him out. 
Yeah. Right? So I think yeah. that what I would do in those circumstances would be to still get that public acknowledgement of mm-hmm. what he was able to do, but mm-hmm. use that to get your next job. Right. Use that to go to a place that is going to value that, that wants somebody. And then if he's going to stay, what I would suggest, what I did in in one of the times I was in that circumstance is I got an executive sponsor. Right. Mm -hmm. So this was a long time ago. It was a startup in Seattle. And Mm -hmm. I, the guy that started it was super, super smart, um, great to work with. And he understood what I was saying. And he mm-hmm. was a founder and an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So when I came and I said, hey, why don't we do this? He was like, that's a great idea. Go do it. What do you need? Go. And mm-hmm. when I was successful, he thought that was great. The The new president who had come in, who was part of those gray, mediocre you know, cohort, mm-hmm. he couldn't stand it. And he fired me. Right? Mm-hmm. And it, which was really detrimental to the company and also, yeah. oh, by the way, illegal because they had been sexually harassing yeah. me the whole time. And I had yeah. I had receipts, as the kids used to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that he should your friend should, you know, get it written down or get it, you know, sort of like oh, not like write it down as a LinkedIn recommendation, but like an email or something. Right. So that he can share it with whatever his next job is. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other thing that I might say when you talk about he's a character. Mm-hmm. His explored personality. Mm-hmm. One of the things is, I think that we talked about this last time, right? How authentic can you be at work? Mm-hmm. I think if you are known as a character, you want to mm-hmm. look at, is that authentically how you're showing up or are you mm-hmm. doing it in a way to kind of get attention? Right? No, it's, it's, it's authentic. I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't go to MIT, didn't go to Caltech. Um, he's well, he, he's protected class because he's a, a Navy veteran. Had been uh, in the Navy for 20 years or some such thing and had come up from like an online college and didn't. But then he's, you know, killing it. I mean, he's a fairly great engineer, it seems like, uh, with several patents to his name and so on. But there's an expectation that he's not going to be the greatest, brightest guy because of his his pedigree. Um, and he's also, you know, a jujitsu guy. So, that, yeah, he's got some little muscles. He's not a big guy, but, you know, um, so there's a temp- temptation to... Um, to minimize his contributions or dismiss him, which is the precisely the situation that he loves. But, you know, when they go out to dinner like they were in 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 Scotland just now, you know, he's telling stories about being in the Navy and he's watching this one of the mediocrities who's trying to get in with a team from Taiwan, you know, uh, and the team from Taiwan is completely enraptured by these Navy stories. He can see the hatred from this guy's face and it's like, yeah, I'm s I can't stop it, but I'm gonna try to derail this because he and the boss who are in tune are, are, are probably going to work, work against me, you know, but I, I, I need to have this down and publicly acknowledged by the company so that it makes it harder to do that. And I mean, he's got, he's older and Navy, so he is kind of protected class, but it doesn't make a difference, you know, well, you, know, it's I mean, interesting. you know, that it's interesting. Cause you and I've talked about this before. It's like, I've seen this, uh, this effect when you have a man who has uh, some of the markers of virility, Right. Like he's been Mm -hmm. in the military, maybe active duty, some sort of, you know, sports performance. And there there can be a real um, like envy of that Mm -hmm. from men who have do not have those traditional markers. I've seen that. I've seen that a lot. And it's like. It's not the the virile guy's fault. He's not running around right. bragging about X, Y, or Z. It just happens right. to be his life experience. You know, you yep. talked about a boss wanting to sort of borrow your masculinity, right? And and like be be virile adjacent and hang out. Yeah, 
And I do throw down. Right. And I do think that there is that urge. And there's been this really weird, um, you know, like you were writing about this, right? In in your mm-hmm. Substack, this really weird mm-hmm. sort of fixation that white men have with their masculinity, right? Especially yeah. more yeah. conservative white men. And I and think all that, and typically I just as I looked at the numbers, that these were upper middle class or upper class guys, right? Right. But the upper middle class guys, I mean, generally, at least in in my generation and probably 20 years after mm. people who went into the military went into the military because they couldn't afford to go to college. Right. Right. right? right. And right. so, and, and people who could afford to go to college could get out of going to the military or didn't think right. it was important or, you know, like it's been a non-draft mm. issue for a long time. Mm. And so the people that I know that were in the military, they went on to be successful, but people had yeah. that automatic discount. Right. Yep. And I think yeah, that yeah. that, but you know, if they were in, if they saw it were in, duty, if they were in Afghanistan, if they actually were in combat, then it's like there's this double bind, right? Like I want to look down on you because you didn't go to college or maybe didn't go to college until later, but then I, everybody else is sort of celebrating the fact that you actually were in combat and like, fuck, you actually were in combat. I, you know, I'm trying to figure out which bike shorts I need to wear to be aerodynamic and questioning my masculinity at every point, but I'm going to eat a lot of red meat or whatever. Yeah, right, 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 right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got an interesting pushback on this sub stack from guys who said, I think you're punching down. I go, of course you would think that. (laughs) I just want you guys to shut up and stop complaining. That's all. So. Anyway. Yeah, and I think it's and I think there's a big difference between punching down and naming what is happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't entertain it. I'm just, I'm screaming at you to get off my lawn. I pretty much just want you to get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it for Sub Rosa. If you have any suggestions or questions, send it to us at wtf at badbossbrief.com. and we'll be back at you later. Thanks. Bye. Right. Bye bye.